ready. Welcome to an exclusive bonus episode of Strange Darkness Radio, hosted by Bobby Washington and our latest edition, bonus host Amy Tideman. In this episode, get ready to immerse yourself in a riveting narrative as we explore a spine-tingling UFO encounter recounted by Zachary Stam. Welcome to the show, Zachary. Yes, we are back with another bonus episode, and we have a new co-host for our bonus episodes, which um, I'm so thrilled and happy that she's joining us uh, to do, do these episodes. Her name is Amy. Amy? Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to see where things go. Thank you. Perfect. And uh, we have a guest on tonight's uh, episode, bonus episode of Strange Darkness Radio. His name is Zach, and he's had all kind of different uh, experiences uh, for sure. But uh, the ones that we're going to talk about tonight are his UFO experiences. And uh, from what I understand, he's had multiple uh, UFO experiences. Welcome to the show, Zach. Pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, man, you have a lot going on uh, in your just day to day in life and uh, experiences. Uh, can you give our listeners, um, you know, a brief description on, on those things? I'll uh, tell you all a little bit about myself. First and foremost, I am a Christian and a God fearing one. Um, I am a minister uh, based out of southern Illinois. Um, I am a cattle rancher. And uh, I work for a farming co-op uh, that's uh, uh, sort of a branch off of a global company called Growmark. Mm. Um, I go and I have uh, been 18 years in, in the uh, scene of cryptozoology as a researcher, um, 28 years old, based out of southern Illinois. I am a born and bred hillbilly. To say the least, <laughs> but I am, and I don't make no bones about it. Nothing wrong with I, that. That's who I am. Um, I'm a fourth generation professional wrestler as well. My great grandpa, my grandpa, my mother, and then myself. Um, and um, I'm a local historian. I'm a traveling uh, speaker. I go and I uh, do lectures on cryptozoology and folklore and uh, lesser known history, as, as I put it. Um, I'm a man of many hats, so that's me in a nutshell, but, um, you know, it's my, I just say that I'm lucky as an understatement. I've been blessed to have actually encountered all that I have actually, um, experienced in 18 years since my journey into the unknown actually started, um, whenever I was nine years old in Randolph County, Illinois, outside of St. Louis, um, I've experienced so much and it whenever the, from the very first moment, like I tell everybody from the very first moment you have an experience that's, you know, quote unquote, out of this world, uh, no pun intended, it turns your world upside down. You go and you think you've got everything uh, figured out in your little world that nothing else is going to shock you. And then something that is supposed to be myth becomes reality yeah and then you uh, your whole world's just turned upside down and you have to go and you, you know actually realize that there is more out there than what media and a lot of skeptics would like to actually admit to exactly no i'm i'm right there with you when it comes to that so what was your first experience? Was it along the lines of a paranormal aspect of things or was it the UFO uh, situations? Well, I had two encounters that really uh, started it for me. Uh, my first uh, encounter happened whenever I was seven years old and that was a paranormal encounter. See, my uh, family, we have this ranch here in Southern Illinois in rural Williamson County, uh, that's been in my family, uh, since before the civil war, whenever, uh, Charles Frederick and, um, um, James Arthur Starrick came over from Frankfurt, Germany. They immigrated to Southern Illinois and they settled here. 
uh, started off as small little hobby farmers to make their living. And the farm's been passed down from generation to generation uh, down to uh, my grandpa. And now me and my grandpa and me, we run our ranch. Um, and it's just a small, it's not a big ranch. It's, it's 260 acres in two different, again, two different counties altogether. Um, but there's a lot of history on this land, literally not even 300 yards to the east of my house. There's a civil war cemetery back up in the woods. Wow. Uh, and we, there's headstones in there from Illinois infantry from 1865. And I actually have pictures of that cemetery. Um, it, in our county alone, our county during Prohibition was uh, and the Great Depression was known as Bloody Williamson because of the gang wars with Charlie Berger and the Shelton gangs. Um, Esglin Young, who was a, uh, a higher up in the, the KKK that ran through here. Mm -hmm. uh, and Esglin Young and Charlie Berger, they were rivals. Uh, Charlie Berger was a a uh, Russian Jewish immigrant, uh, and he, uh, had a war with the Klan and they actually, them and the Shelton's ran the Klan out of Williamson County, Illinois oh, wow. back in the twenties. And this and, is, um, was this due to yeah. bootlegging? Like what were they? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Bootlegging literally just about a mile and a half, two miles to the South of our ranch. Um, is where the Shady Rest used to be uh, back in the 20s. And that place is the only recorded uh, event in American history of an aerial bombing on U.S. soil. And it happened just two miles down the road from me whenever the Sheltons flew over in a biplane with uh, Coke bottles uh, full of nitroglycerin and sticks of dynamite wrapped around them that they dropped on the Shady Rest. And that was back in the 20s. My great-grandmother, Opal, she lived about a quarter mile away from it at the time. Uh, and she said she was outside with her dog. And she said whenever that explosion happened, that it lit up the night sky brighter than the sun. That's so bright that you could find a sewing needle laying in your yard. Wow. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely been a lot of violence and destruction in your immediate area then. A hundred percent. I yeah. mean, there's a stretch of the road that I live on that on occasion you'll be driving through there. Uh, this happened to me and my fiance um, here back in 2020. We were driving through in our old car that uh, she used to have and we're driving down this hill and going back up the hill. And next thing you know, all the lights went out in the in the car on the dash, the headlights and everything died. And then the uh, the motor shut off. And then it went back rolled. I th pulled the emergency brake, turned it back on, and it started right back up again. And we thought it could have been an alternator deal. And we took it to a mechanic, and he said, there ain't nothing wrong with your car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hmm. So it's, there's a lot of spookiness to this area that I live in. Yeah. But my first, my first paranormal encounter happened whenever I was seven years old, and this was back in 2003. Um, my grandparents, they used to have a, uh, sort of a Sears and Roebuck catalog house that was built in the 1940s. And, um, they have a little addition onto their house that was built in the 1970s. I was, uh, spending the night at my grandparents. They literally live three tenths of a mile down the road. They live so close. I can stand in my yard, look in their front window and see what my grandpa's watching on TV. <laughs> that's how that's how close we are out here yeah. but i was spending the night there and um i was sleeping in my my papa's chair and i had an uneasy feeling it was real cold and i was woke up and i was looking for a blanket and i reached over to my right and i pulled the blanket over me whenever i pulled the blanket over me i rolled over to on my left side and right there in the middle of the room was a Full body apparition of a little girl. Wow. And she she had to have been about my age. And um she was wearing sort of like a brown with a white frilled um eighteen hundreds uh dress. Mm -hmm. And I locked eyes with her and she locked eyes with me and she I literally she was uh, about my height and I was scared and I said go away and she just evaporated 
into a, like a, like a cloud of smoke whenever smoke uh, whisked away. Mm-hmm. And that was my first encounter with the paranormal. But my first cryptid encounter happened whenever I was nine years old in Randolph County, Illinois, about 100 miles northwest of here. Um, and that was whenever I heard the scream of a Bigfoot for the first time whenever I was nine years old. And I'm 28 years old now, and I still remember that night like it happened last night. I still remember the thing had such power in its uh, vocals that it was rattling the window panes inside the window glass inside the window pane in the garage that we were in. And it wasn't until 10 years later that I was actually to go and uh, put two and two together of what it was that I actually encountered. I found the Ohio Mo. A moaning call that Matt Moneymaker and the BFRO recorded, and I was I was in the office uh, at my dad's house. Uh, I was there on visitation whenever the first encounter happened. At the same time, whenever I put two and two together, and I found this. And I was just typing on the laptop. Bigfoot found the call, and I listened to it, and my eyes just got really wide whenever I listened to it, and I played it back. <laughs> Yeah, And I listened to it again. I put my foot against that desk and rolled myself back to the door of the office. And I hollered, hey, dad, get in here. I got something I want you to listen to. He came in. I rolled it back, hit play again. And I said, just listen. He listened to it. He goes, what is that? And I rolled it back again. And I hit play. And I said, dad, that's a Bigfoot. And I said, what's that sound like? He thought about it for about. 30 seconds he says that sounds like what we heard 10 years ago and my dad's a skeptic he doesn't put no stock in anything like yeah. this but whenever he i watched his reaction whenever he heard the recording and his eyes were about ready to fall out of his head he was you literally you can look at his arm see the goosebumps come up on his arm yeah exactly because when he, you hear that when you when something like that is so indelved into your mind and then you actually hear it again it just puts you back at that moment Mm-hmm. So is, but, this, is this known in this area that there are, you know, a lot of other people have had sightings and there's a lot of history and folklore um, as far as, you know, Bigfoot or is, I mean, have you talked to other people about this that have had like those shared experiences? A hundred percent, you know, just out here in our county, there's been, uh, and then in the county that's just literally less than five miles to the east saline county um back in 2012 we had a leap day tornado that ripped through harrisburg illinois and it made national headlines uh where this f5 tornado ripped through the south side of um harrisburg the actual tornado actually went over my house it was a jumper and um i went to school that the same day this happened whenever i was still in high school and um there, and then later on down the road, I started getting reports that Mothman was sighted leading up to the tornado. And this was actually people that I knew that said they actually saw him um, just uh, in inside the city limits of Harrisburg, Illinois, and on the outside of the city limits. Um, there was actually reports of him hanging from a cell tower uh, that's right in the heart of town. And then they saw him up on the top of the Clearway building that's uh, about 10 stories high in Harrisburg and they said that they were it was right about dawn whenever the last sighting happened uh the day before the leap day tornado on February 28th is whenever the last sighting was made and then around 5 a.m February 29th of the leap year is whenever the tornado ripped through and it killed like eight or 12 people yeah exactly that's the story with, about Mothman is that when you see you know the Mothman or a sighting of it and uh, the description of how it hangs over bridges and all that, there's destruction coming. Like, like people will, you know, pass away and it will be, you know, it's like, it's like a calm before the storm or just like, you know, that something's going to occur and there will be loss of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And there's been such a lot of weird stuff to say the least. I mean, about 15 years ago, um my neighbor uh rusty uh he had uh started doing little hobby farming and he had a little uh, herd of goats that he was raising up 
and he went out there one day and all but five of the goats was killed and he had like a total of 30 head in his herd and uh, all but five of them were killed the, the exact same way and there was no forced entry into the pen whatsoever at all and it was you know they were just killed in straight lines uh the throats were ripped out and none of the meat was touched wow um but there was no blood yeah that's uh that's one of the another signs you know uh that yeah. uh, happens with ufo you know um cattle mutilations and different things um so yeah well the, i mean just in southern illinois alone i can count on one hand just a, a couple cryptids so that's and a phenomenon that is within a within 50 miles of my house the big muddy monster of murfreesboro illinois which reared its head back in uh the 1970s that i was actually a part of the 50-year anniversary festival of it and they actually uh, unveiled a statue that was based on eyewitness reports of this thing and they put it right as you come into town along the big muddy river oh wow i didn't know there that. is the infield monster which was seen um around the same time uh as the big muddy monster which was this uh this uh creature that stood about four four feet tall had elephant gray skin and it had three legs and uh on it like a tripod two arms and it had glowing red eyes that i've actually encountered i was the first person to encounter that thing in almost 50 years and i had encountered that just driving home yeah. fishing on the wabash river uh we've had reports of thunderbird just along route one down by jacob Illinois. i haven't heard that in a while but yeah we have the piasaw bird uh in of alton illinois uh that's steeped in illini folklore we have the tuttle bottoms monster which is supposed to be a uh bear-like anteater type creature but it doesn't have the long tongue and snout like an anteater the snout opens up like a gator mouth wow and then the Hamp Mine Monster um, of the Shawnee National Forest down by Hamp Mine um, in um, down around Pope and Hardin County, Illinois. Uh, I've actually spoke to deputy sheriffs that were actually on that case back in the 70s and 80s, where they actually got a call out to a farm. And the two deputies, the de the sheriff and the deputy were clearing this barn. The deputy was on the ground floor and the sheriff took the loft to clear it. And he hollered out, get back to the patrol car. And he's coming sliding down the ladder and they're running back to the car. He's like, what's going on? He goes, just get back to the car. I'll tell you. And he goes, what's going on, uh, Sheriff? And he says, there's something that's using this barn as, as a den because up there I found a nest made out of broken down straw bales and there was five or six half-eaten steer calves in there. Up in a hayloft, he's like, "Well, do we need our guns?" And he goes, "I don't even know if we got guns big enough to deal with this thing." Yeah, yeah. This town either sounds like if you know, it could be like a researcher's dream come true, or it sounds like the creepiest town ever. It could be like one's worst nightmare. It sounds like there's a lot going on out there for sure. Yes, there's definitely. something. And then down along Route 1, just south of Jacob, is Grand Tower, which is one of the biggest UFO phenomenons I've ever heard. And I honestly believe it's bigger than Roswell. This, what happened was, it was right over the power plant of Grand Tower. It's this big, big power plant, and there's a substation. And um, they, there was these workers on the third shift that said they saw this UFO hovering above the power plant, spinning real slow. And the next thing you know, all the power went out of the power station, the substation went kaputs, and the whole town was without power. And they said this thing took off like an arrow straight up, and it was never seen again. This happened in 1973. Man, that's that. Yeah, that's incredible. Is that well known? Has that uh, you know did, did it make make the uh, nationwide uh, news on that, or was it was it just you know news that stayed in it's town? Or? Not. Not to my knowledge, but it was rode around, rode around in the local papers. Okay. And there's actually a documentary uh, being made um, about the Grand Tower UFO. Wow. So with all these cryptids that are in this area, 
and obviously along with uh, Bigfoot, do you think it's like a portal situation to where all these particular uh, beings and are in uh, this one location and then you have the whole UFO side of that and then the hot spot with, you know, paranormal activity, you know, that that go on. Do you think it's a possible situation where something is either drawing this to that area or it's a portal type situation? I believe it's just the area. I mean, you go and you look at any kind of topographical map uh, or satellite imagery of Southern Illinois, we've got a little bit of everything. We've got, it's a, a lot of agricultural ground, a lot of farms and ranches. You got rolling hills, you've got valleys, you've got a, a mountain range going down the east side of the, of the Southern part of the state, the Womble mountain range. Um, you've got places like Inspiration Point, Little Grand Canyon, uh, Turkey Turkey Bayou, uh, the Shawnee National Forest, Old Stone Face, um, Garden of the Gods, Jackson Falls, Bellsmith Springs, mm-hmm. Burden Falls. It's a lot of thick timber, and a lot of it hasn't even been touched by man yet. You go in there, you'll go back in there, maybe about two or three miles of a hike in there, and you'll find trees big as a car. Yeah, that have never been touched by man, and probably never had man set foot there in over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. It's you've got lakes, you got rivers, you got big creeks, you've got ponds stocked with uh, fish, strip cut stocked with fish. You've got all kinds of wildlife ranging from deer to raccoon to possum to snakes to all kinds of waterfowl. So basically, to, there's there's a hell of a food source for all these particular yes. Cryptids Amen, there. brother. Amen. Yeah. Trust me, I've had a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we get back, I want to talk about uh, your actual UFO story. Uh, because, I mean, I just find that very interesting on all the things that happen in, you know, that particular area. And being that you're a minister and having, you know, you know, this experience with this, you know, a particular, well, all these things from the cryptids to the paranormal side, especially to the UFO side, you know, um, and, uh, you know, from the biblical standpoint. So, yeah, we have to get into that that portion of uh, our uh, topic for tonight. Uh, so we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this special bonus episode of Strange Darkness Radio. Now back to the show. Okay, so uh, Zach, yeah, let's get into your actual UFO story because I'm just curious on, you know, because a person, you know, being in, you know, uh, being a minister and into religion, you know, usually you hear, oh, I didn't see what I saw. And, you know, the person makes a ton of excuses because they don't want to even, you know, take that on mentally. And um, as far as, you know, I'm not sure, I believe there's something in the Bible about, uh, you know, whether it's just a demon, you know, as far as everything that's told that you see that um, is not explained, uh, the Bible pretty much writes it off as demonic. Don't mess with it. Don't think about it. Don't even, you know, uh, you know, touch it. So, so how do you correlate your experiences with that part of, you know, being a a minister, that side of that? Well, I 100% believe that everything that's, uh, in this, this universe, this known universe, and even the part of the universe that's unknown was created by God's hands. I believe that a hundred percent, you know, um, it, I mean, it even talks about, you know, uh, the behemoth and the Leviathan in the book of Job, it talks about in the book of Ezekiel, I've got it turned here in the first chapter and it talks about, uh, uh, weird objects and creatures in the sky. Um, you know, it talks about, you know, dragons, meaning Satan, Lucifer, however you want to title him. Yeah. Um, it talks about giants who were the son, uh, the, uh, children of the sons of God and the daughter of man um these uh it's i i agree with 100 percent of the bible and what it states um it's makes you really think you know because Ra- ralph 
Waldo Emerson put it best, and I'm quoting him on this. It says, everything that I have seen teaches me to trust the creator for all things I have not seen. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they go and they say, you know, don't mess with it. I got called out here literally two weeks ago just to go and do, I don't, I won't entitle it as an exorcism. I did it as a cleansing and a blessing of a house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went in there, I anointed, I carry literally, I carry anointing oil here in my Bible book. Yeah. That's just, it doesn't have no magical powers or anything, but it says in the Bible to take up your oil and go anoint in the name of the father, son, the Holy spirit. And I just did that, and I went in. I rebuked. And uh, just just really quick, uh, Zach, uh, for the listeners, we're actually uh, Skyping in with Amy and Zach. And so Zach is, you know, he's about that life. He pulled out the actual anointment oil, uh, so he's ready to go. So he's not messing around. Uh, So just uh, give you guys a heads up on that. But go ahead. Sorry. And, you know, I go and I do what I'm called to do. You know, it's to minister to people, witness, build the census, help them, uh, help just tell them about God and what he's done for me and tell them my testimony. Um, and you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've seen, you know, it work with people. I've seen people literally, I preached my first sermon a year ago in May and that night a girl uh, who started coming to our church got saved that night. And, um, you know, it's just, you, you got to reach people on that level. But whenever it comes to it, I do believe that everything that we do see or hear, um, is walks on both planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's was created by God. And, uh, sometimes it could be, uh, the devil messing with us. Yeah. Uh, do I believe in the supernatural side of Bigfoot? No, I don't. Do I believe that people are seeing something? Yes, I do. But I don't think it's a Bigfoot. I think it's something that's using the image of Bigfoot to guise itself. Oh, uh, it's true to got to disguise its true form. Yeah, because you look at uh, I'm using this example. Bigfoot's a cultural icon. Bigfoot's money. You go and you see him in Jack Lee's commercials. There's a monster <laughs> truck named after him. He's on lunch boxes. There's action figures. There's a comic <laughs> book character. Everybody's got an idea. Even in movies, Harry and the Hendersons, yeah. Bluff Creek, yep. all these horror movies. Everybody's got an idea of what a Bigfoot looks like. So what's to say that it's something that's not using the image of Bigfoot to hide itself because it'd be more mentally um, receptive uh, and logical to be looking at a Bigfoot instead of looking at something that's green and scary, scaly, got uh, four arms and a horn growing out the side of its head. Exactly. That's true. That's very true. So um, on your UFO uh, encounter, how did that come about? And what age were you for the first one? I, I can't remember uh, how old I was. All I know is that I remember it happened back in September of 2018. Um, and I was not the only one there that encountered this thing and we were not the only group of people that actually encountered this thing almost hmm. five thousand people saw this thing in the same hour that we wow. did i was actually getting phone calls about it um me and my mother we were um coming home from grocery shopping that night and we live out in the country we live i li- we live where you can see the out so far out in the country you can actually see the stars without any kind of light pollution from town and um, I'm just looking out the window cause I am, I I've got a t- ADHD. So I'm over here. What's that over there? Squirrel, like all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I'm just looking out, looking at, just looking out the window, the passenger side of her Jeep as we was coming home. And I said, you see those lights, mom? And she's like, what lights? And I'm like, stop the car. And she stopped the car and I'm looking at, and I counted 15 red lights in a straight line coming up out of the south towards us Mm -hmm. and she stopped and she looked and i she says holy cow and i said yeah you seeing them too she goes yeah and i said what are you seeing she goes red lights and i got on the phone and i called my grandparents because we were about maybe a mile and a half from the house and i called my grandpa 
And I'm like, hey. And he goes, what? And I said, you seeing the lights in the sky? He goes, no. And I said, get out, uh, go out on your back porch and look. And he says, yeah, I see them. And I said, get grandma out there and see if she sees them. And she's like, I see them too. I said, we'll be right there. We stopped here at the house and got my brother and ran down the road to my grandparents. And there was five of us, my mother, my brother, my grandma, my grandpa, and me standing out on our road watching these lights. And I had um, a parabolic uh, microphone in my truck Mm -hmm. um, that I carried. And I took that thing out and I shot it right towards where them lights were in the west sky. And there was no kind of audio coming through it all, from it. All you were hearing was uh, crickets and uh, birds, night birds. And mm. I sat there and I watched it. And I tried to get it on, on camera. But every time I'd zoom in with my camera to try and catch it on camera, nothing would show up on film. Mm. And I stood there and I was on a podcast at the same time I was co-hosting that night. And the whole time I was going and relaying the info to them of what I was seeing. And they kept, they would ask me on periodic and I watched this thing for like maybe five, 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was just moving real slow and people were going and saying that the air force said it was a C, a C 14, um, cargo planes flying in formation. My boss that I had at the time, he worked in the air force. He was in the air force in Vietnam. Yeah. And he was a mechanic and he saw him too. He says, that was no airplanes. Airplanes can't fly in a, in a formation that tight at that um, right amount of, of air, of air speed mm-hmm. and not bump into each other or not break formation. That was not air. That was not air force. Yeah. And I go and I saw what I saw was cause where I live, I live 15 miles outside of town and I can see a little bit of the glow from the lights of Marion, Illinois. <clears throat> And this thing passed in between my house where my, where, where my ranch is and the town of Marion, Illinois. And I saw the thing and it was a long cylindrical black object that had red lights all the way around it. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, because you know, now with Congress and, uh, you know, uh, David Gersh coming out and, uh, basically saying, you know, the government, has known all this, you know, uh, info and, uh, has all this technology, you know, ever since the Roswell incident and beyond. And, uh, you know, everyone's taking it more serious and with the cameras and the technology we have, yes, some of it at times you can't capture, but then, you know, there are times that think, you know, things are able to be captured, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's, um, a hell of a sighting. Was anyone able to get any kind of footage for this? Because you said, you know, it was like the whole town was witness to what was going on. Or did everyone have pretty much have the same issues that you had? They were trying to film and then nothing was showing up. One person got a photograph of it, to my knowledge. Uh, uh, One person got a photograph and then one person actually got on video. Um, one was a local that I'd grown up with that lived over about maybe five or 10 minutes away. And she said to me, she said, we found Santa Claus mm-hmm. joking. <laughs> her, her little brother who was five years old at the, at the time noticed it first. And she, and then I was getting all kinds of phone calls from my crew. And I said, I need eyes. I need people, um, mobile with eyes on this thing. And a couple of my team members, they tracked it for a hundred miles. Uh-huh. with eyes on it and then a person across the river in cape Girardeau, missouri actually got it on uh an actual photograph of the thing and there was more lights on her side of the river from what she saw of the thing but the thing is i think there was more than one object getting seen because all up and down the mississippi river people were seeing this thing yeah uh, did that yeah, it was seen it was seen all the way from Arkansas all the way up to, all the way up to Minnesota. Did that um, happen to make like the evening news or anything like that? Because I know we've had like minor things happen around here with strange lights and it always makes the news. You know, people 
um, think they're, you know, UFOs and it turns out they're not. But um, like, it sounds like that was just like on such a larger scale than anything that we've had happen here locally. So I'm just curious, like if it made um, any, you know, was it on the news quite a bit or? Yeah, it was. It made WSIL Channel 3. It made KPOB in Poplar Bluff. It made uh, WPSD in Paducah, Kentucky. It was on all of the channels of this thing. And it it made the local paper uh, in a number of towns, not just the big Southern Illinois newspaper. It made all the little mom and pop newspapers like the the Dollar Saver, uh, the Marion Gazette. Um, the Harrisburg Herald, it made a lot of the local newspapers of these photographs that people were seeing. But then within an hour of the first sighting, the, they were coming out and said the Air Force at Scott Air Force Base was saying, no, it was C-14s flying yeah. in formation. They were trying, to, too trying much to cover it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very interesting. That That is extremely yeah. interesting. So and then just a couple months later, in April of 2019, I actually had another encounter, and it was I happened right here in the same area. I was uh, sitting here. I had uh, my girlfriend at the time. We we used to just uh, sit out on, on the tailgate of her truck and just sit there and just look at the stars and just yeah. talk. And it happened around maybe 10 o'clock at night, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking up towards uh, my right, looking up at the north sky. And I'm seeing um, above the trees, I'm seeing uh, the same light pattern as the red ones, but they were solid white. And I said, I said, uh, hun, pinch me. She pinched me. And I went and I said, you seeing what I'm seeing? Look up there in the north sky. She goes, you talking about those lights? And I said, yeah. She goes, what are those? I said, I think we're looking at a, a, a UFO. And. It, we watched it for maybe about another 30 seconds, and then one by one, every single one of those lights went out. Just like you were turning the, the light down on a hurricane lantern. Calling all advertisers. Unleash your brand in the shadows. Eager to plunge into realms beyond the mundane? Discover your perfect platform at Strange Darkness Radio, a realm devoted to those who thrive on the extraordinary. Are you ready to captivate paranormal enthusiasts, conspiracy theorists, and lovers of the unexplained? As we venture into the shadows, delve into the supernatural's depths, unravel midnight-conjuring conspiracy theories, and explore the mysterious that prowls after hours, our global audience fervently seeks answers that transcend reality's borders. A remarkable opportunity awaits. Advertisers, if your offering resonates with our inquisitive community, take center stage. Align your message with those who crave the extraordinary. By partnering with Strange Darkness Radio, your commercial will mesmerize a captivated audience, embracing paranormal passion, conspiratorial curiosity, and the allure of the enigmatic. From hair-raising novelties to revealing services and enigmatic experiences, your brand will flourish in our domain. Engage a community whose fervor mirrors yours, captivate curiosity, and etch an enduring impression. Join us today. Discover how to weave your brand into the tapestry of Strange Darkness Radio. Here, the paranormal thrives, and the extraordinary is the norm. Unveil mysteries, champion your message, and declare to the world, we embrace the dark without fear. Strange Darkness Radio, where the unexplained resounds loudest. that you do live in that area and all that went on with the civil war and uh the moon shining and all that you know the, the death in the the area do you see like apparitions walking like the fields or you know you know soldiers that are trying to find their way home 
I have not encountered anything like that. I mm. have, there was a lot of gang wars out here in this area because they did run hooch out here. Moonshine. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll be some nights on a, on a cold, on a still night, whenever the wind's not blowing and it's quiet out, I can actually, I believe hear phantom Tommy gun fire. Oh, okay. And you know, you go up to, uh, the Franklin County courthouse where Charlie Berger was hanged. He was the last man hanged in Illinois in 1928. Mm -hmm. And, um, you go into the, where the jail cell is that he was in and the door slams shut on its own. You go to the Marion, uh, the old Marion jail. That's um, a museum. I've been in there one time and I was actually locked into a cell by an unseen force. Um, there down in equality, um, was the, the Crenshaw house, which is this old slave house. Mm -hmm. uh, old man Crenshaw was a very evil man back during the civil war. And he did what they called the reverse underground railroad, where he would capture slaves and then send them back South, okay. uh, while they were on their way to Canada. But mm -hmm. he would, he was an evil man. They found in his house, uh, in his basement and his attic, they found devices of torture where he wow. would torture, capture slaves. And we actually did, we weren't even inside the house. We were on the grounds mm -hmm. and I, we were doing an investigation and I'm like, I felt something hitting me in the back and I'm just like, ow, what is that? I lifted my shirt up and I said, look, it feels like something bit me. And they looked, they took a picture of my back and there's these three marks going down my back. Oh, wow. And it went all the way from the base of my, the base of my skull all the way down to right above my tailbone just a straight line straight down mm -hmm. and it burnt like burnt like hellfire and it burnt for and it burnt for three days straight it felt like i got stung by a tarantula hawk wasp yeah so do you find <clears throat> with all of these strange occurrences in your town that there are most people that you know are believing of paranormal situations or do you find that you run into a lot of skeptics still? I do believe there are closet, what I call closet believers whenever it comes to paranormal and encrypted creatures. Um, you know, there is a lot of people that's had encounters with these things uh, that I believe they are out, they are upstanding people in the local communities and they don't want, you know, the ridicule to come back on them and their families because there is some there's a lot of people out here they will pick fun at you i still get picked on by uh people that i used to uh umpire for because i'm uh, uh baseball and softball umpire and they got word that i did it and they pick on me and call me old squatch or ask me did you find bigfoot yet and start yeah. laughing mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of people that don't want that kind of attention. They'll keep it to themselves and take it to their deathbed sometimes. Exactly. That's but, true. you know, it's just, it's a basic of ridicule. You know, there's people out there that do believe there's been people I've hosted well over three dozen town halls just in Southern Illinois since 2015. And there's some people, even whenever I say, you know, you're in light company and everything, you're not going to be judged. What's said in this room stays in this room, mm -hmm. you know, by showing of hands, have you believed that you've encountered something paranormal or cryptid related? And these people, they'll catch me at the end of it and set me down wherever the room is empty and yep. tell me about their encounters. Mm -hmm. uh, even then, even when they're in light company and everything, they still don't want to talk about yeah, it. That's true. Mm -hmm. I find that all the time with doing the podcast. That's true. Yeah. So um, being that you do have a paranormal group that you go out with ghost hunting, have you guys captured any uh, evidence on video or photograph? Well, we've um, we don't really do much ghost hunting anymore ever since what happened at the Crenshaw house. I'm oh, okay. leery about messing with paranormal. Yeah. Um, there was one that I give an exclusive interview here, uh, for this episode on tinfoil tales podcast, mm -hmm. um, where I actually encountered, um, 
uh, it's something that I'm comfortable talking about now mm-hmm. because I, I have, you know, a lot of protection spiritually and physically now, um, where I actually encountered a skinwalker Ooh. and it was, it was based. And I, I will tell you in full detail, um, this, it started whenever me and, uh, my, uh, two past members of my team, I'll just call them G and S. Um, G, G is from the next county up, and then S is from Louisiana. And okay. S was our cult supervisor, was our cult researcher, and G was our security and our tracker. And um, we were on a podcast uh, talking about our encounters with Bigfoot. And then the question come up is Bigfoot a skinwalker. And whenever we heard the word skinwalker, all three of us started shaking our heads. No, we would not talk about it. And the guy was very persistent. And I was the only one willing to talk him about it just to get him to get off the subject because G is a three quarter Cherokee Indian. Okay. And his grandmother was a Cherokee woman. And she would slap the taste out of his mouth for even talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's a very taboo to him. And, um, about a, a couple of weeks after we did this podcast, um, we, um, were noticing some weird things. I noticed a lot of things going on around here on the ranch. He noticed a lot of things going on down around where he worked at on the river. And he calls me and he's like, I got something to show you. I said, what's that? He goes, I think we're dealing, we got a skinwalker. You remember how they brought it up on the podcast? And I said, yeah. And we tried to shut him down. He goes, yeah. He says, just mentioning their name is like turning on a, a light and a mash. And here come a bunch of moths. They, yep, they're drawn to it. They're they like Voldemort. You mentioned their name. They're coming to you. Exactly. And I said, well, gee, what do you got to show me? And he showed me this picture around these uh, grain bins that I used to work at with them. And it was the biggest armadillo I'd ever seen. The armadillo was the size of a beach ball. <laughs> and, you know, the, the legend goes that to become a skinwalker, you have to skin the animal that you intend to uh, metamorphose into. transform into and it's a very very dark creature Uh, a skinwalker is pure evil say is is, to put it plain it's pure evil yeah and they are out to do evil to and to do harm as slowly and painfully as possible their ultimate goal is to kill you and he tells me about it he said i told him i said what are you going to do about it he goes i got to face off with it I'm like, what do you mean face off with it? He goes, I got to fight this thing hand-to-hand combat. Ooh. I got to call it out. That's the only way because I'm, I'm Shawnee. Mm-hmm. I got Shawnee blood in me. I, I don't look like it. I'm got more Irish and German in me, but I got a little enough Shawnee uh, in me to, uh, qual- to uh, qualify myself for like the benefits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but a G was Cherokee and I'm Shawnee. And he faced off with it and i told him i said well you want me to come to the house the night that you face off with this thing i'll sit there with a shotgun if i have to yeah if this thing gets any kind of funny ideas i'll blow his head off and he says i can't i've got to face him by myself and i said well i'm praying for you and if you need anything you let me know he goes Trust me, it's going to be one of two ways. Either I'm going to run him off or you're going to be burying me the next day. Because wow. it's either, because whenever you face off with a skinwalker, it's either a fight to the death or submission. Yeah. And you want to be the one on the winning side because if not, we bury you the next day. Mm. So he got all the stuff together that he needed to do the protection ceremony to, he called it out. He says, you meet me here the night of the full moon and you face off with me in hand-to-hand combat, no magic, just two men fighting it out. And he fought this thing. He fought with this thing. He said he lit his fire, uh, cleansed the air with the sage bundle, threw it in the fire, 
let the smoke consume him and it showed up right in front of him and lord forgive me i'm gonna quote what he said to this thing he looked at the he said it was an old man and and he said that this old man just loved to fight yeah he had scars all over him and he says he looked at the the skinwalker and says come get this ass whooping boy (laughs) and the old man come at him and the old man really did a number on him but he finally got the upper hand and about choked him by trying to shove a hatchet in his mouth oh wow and G, G, I talked to him the next day and he lifted his shirt up and his ribs were just black and purple from where the thing had just tried to cave his ribs in. Yeah. And he made him, he made the skinwalker submit and he made him promise to never show his face again. But the skinwalker was not alone that night. The mm-hmm. coyote, a Native American deity, was there. And after the fight was over, G looked at the coyote and he says, and what do you want? He goes, I'm not here to fight. I'm here to test the Irishman. Mm. Well, at the time, there was only two people on the team that had that had Irish blood <laughs> in them. But yeah. only one of us was Native American, and that was me. Yeah. And I'm like, why did I get the short straw? <laughs> so I contacted uh G and I contacted a Shawnee medicine man that lives out in Virginia, William Nighthawk. He's a good friend of mine and, um, he's a, a minister too, but he's also a native American holy man too. Um, and they coached me in how to go and actually go about this process. And I'm not kidding you guys. It scared me to death. I was shaking. I was deathly afraid i can imagine man the the leading up to this is this thing will toy with you and he will try to make you go crazy yeah it's you got to have be mentally and physically strong and have the power have the the will of the warrior in your heart to face off with this thing i went and i said I, i went out into the woods and i said I'm calling you out. Now, now, are you armed at all? I was not armed at the time. Wow. I call. I went leading up to the ceremony, to the actual fight. I said, I'm calling you out. No tricks, no magic, no weapons, just you and me, hand-to-hand combat. I'm bringing a knife. You bring yours. I said, you meet me. Where the, where the two forks in the creek meet on the full moon in two weeks at midnight, you be there. And I left and I went and I got a lot of stuff. The list is really long of the, all of the supplies I got. I got four tiki torches mm-hmm. that I used and I put at the four points of the compass, north, south, east, and west. I took four um, representations of the four elements, earth, fire, air, and water. I took a buck skull from a deer I'd killed um, a couple years prior uh, to represent earth. I took another tiki torch to represent fire. I took a bowl of water to represent water. And for air, I took a dream catcher that was a Native American dream catcher. Yeah. And I set them on stumps around the, uh, the exterior of the circle. And I took... Um, and I made a medicine ring around and the whole time I'm praying the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the prayer to Jehovah, the Lord, God, creator of the universe and to the great spirit following a tradition of my ancestors. And it was customary before a brave or whoever was being tormented by skinwalker face off with it, that either their wife or their mother did their face paint. And my mother did my face paint and I looked at her, she was painting my face and I looked up at her and I had tears coming down my eye, coming out of my eyes. I said, mom, I'm scared to death. Yeah. I want to come back home and I don't know if I'll be coming back. And I went and she did all red face paint with black across my eyes all the way back to my ears and then three finger strokes going down my cheeks and that was the sign of the shawnee war paint Mm -hmm. 
and I loaded all my stuff up in my truck. I started and I got down to where the forks of the creek met. And I made my circle and I took my sage bundle and I took my ammo box with me to use like an incense burner after I lit my fire. Yeah. And I had my crucifix around my wrist because G warned me. He says, don't worry around your neck because if the skinwalker gets a hold of it, he'll strangle you with it. Yeah. But I took it as uh, I actually had this thing blessed by my pastor and all the deacons in the church. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going in with as much spiritual protection as I can get. And they actually blessed my hunting knife that I took with me that I used to field dress deer with. And they blessed that. I said, it sounds crazy. I know, but I need, I need the power of God behind me and I need the support of the church behind me. Yeah. They're like, well, you got it. And I get down there to where I was going to go and I left my truck and I could not take my phone with me. No technology, no cameras whatsoever. I had to leave it in the truck. And whenever I got down there, I made three separate videos. I made three or four separate videos to my mother, to my team, to my fiance and to my church. And I told them I'm scared to death and I may not come out of this, but I want you all to know that I love you and I appreciate you. And I literally basically made out a video of my last will and test testament. Yeah. I go in the woods. I got the sage. I walked in a circle clockwise with the feather doing the sage smoke. I took the sage smoke and I took my cowboy hat I had and I washed the smoke over my body and I pulled my shirt off and I sat down in the circle after I made the uh, medicine circle. And I sat down by the fire and I clo and I said, come get me. I'm right here and I'm ready for you. And I closed my eyes. And I'm sitting on the ground cr uh, cross-legged. And a wind came through, and I opened my eyes, and then on the other side of the fire was the skinwalker, and it was a young Indian man. And I stood up, took my belt with my knife uh, sheath off, and I threw it outside the circle. I took the hatchet I split the wood with, and I threw it outside the circle. I said, are we going to stand around all night, or are we going to fight? <laughs> I said, because I'm ready. And he came at me and he tried to get me around the ribs. And I'd grown up wrestling people all of my life. You know, I'm not, I can't box worth a crap. Yeah. But if I get you a whole, get a hold of you, I'm going to tie you in a knot. Mm -hmm. And I, he tied me and I picked him, picked his arm and I put him in a double wrist lock and I started popping his arm back around into a Camorra lock, wrapped him up. And I said, submit and he said no so i started cranking on his arm a lot more mm -hmm. to the point that i broke his arm oh wow and you could hear the bones popping in his elbow and he screamed i rolled out from under him i took my knife and i stuck it to his throat and i said tell me what your name is because to have power over a skinwalker you have to force them to tell you their name mm -hmm. and you cannot tell nobody. You cannot write it down. That's something you've got to take to your grave. Yeah. And I had him pinned to the ground with the knife to his throat. And I said, tell me what your name is. He goes, I'll never tell. And I stuck that knife up underneath his uh, throat. And I said, you tell me what your name is, or I'm going to cut your throat out. And he, and I said, and I said, tell me what your name is. No. And I just come down to paintbrush him right in the back of the head. And I said, tell me what your name is. I said, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I command you, tell me what your name is. And he told me. Mm -hmm. And I and before I let him up, I said, you make a vow. You leave my land, you leave my family, you leave my friends, and you never come back, or I will hunt you down. I said, and swear to it. He said, I swear to the God Jehovah, the Christian God, I will never come back. Oh, wow. And I turned him loose. And as he was walking to the end of the medicine circle, I seen him transform into the animal that mm -hmm. he was. And it was a groundhog. Oh. And literally just right before my eyes, a man melted into a groundhog. <laughs> and he went outside the, the circle. Yeah. And it was a very tense atmosphere the whole night. You could feel the evil in the air. It was like 
like being in a hundred percent humidity where you're wearing the air, you could feel the evil yeah. weighing heavy on you. And as soon as he walked outside of that medicine circle, it started to rain and it felt like it washed away all the evil. Mm-hmm. Did you, that was in the air did you the stay air. that night or did you, did you go home or did you go to your friend's house? I went home. Okay. I was, I was in that wood. I was in those woods for three hours meditating after I made the medicine circle and lit my fire. And, you know, I was ready to be home. I did not want to spend any more time in those woods. Yeah. man, that's an incredible story. I'm glad you lived through it. And, um, you know, you, uh, and your friend, uh, were able to, uh, you know, not succumb to, uh, to the, to the skinwalker. I've never heard of, um, any skinwalker encounters, you know, where, uh, you know, the person was able to walk away and let alone, um, you know, the opposite as far as, you know, to live, to tell the tale. That's amazing. Do you feel like that changed you forever after that whole encounter? It did. I used to be, uh, I used to be really outspoken about a lot of things. I would talk about anything, mm-hmm. but after that, you know, that whole scenario, that whole chapter of my life, I don't, I've watched what I say. I'm more cool tempered. I'm not so much a hothead anymore. Yeah. I am more calm demeanored. And ever since then, I've really turned into more of a hermit. I um, don't really reach out to do uh, to get on podcasts anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I might say, you know, I might have encountered something like I did with y'all. If yeah. you, you know, if you want to talk to me, I'm more than willing to talk to you mm-hmm. because you know these things are out there. Exactly, Bigfoot, Dogman, Mothman, the UFO phenomenon, Skinwalker—they're all out there. People need to know about these things, and all of that, they need to know how to fight them. And yeah. protect themselves from the, especially the paranormal side. Yep. That, that, that is so true, and man. That's my goal in telling this is, you know, you know, people need to know what they're dealing with and how to protect themselves because, you know, whether it's uh, corporeal and walks on the, on the earthly plane or it walks in the spiritual plane or walks between both worlds, it, needs to you you need to know that these things are out there and that they can hurt you and you also need to know how to be able to protect yourself exactly yep yep uh, you know it's it's so interesting man because over you know six hundred thousand people go missing annually you know and you know around four hundred thousand of those people are never identified and never seen again so you know people don't really realize that and there's people just here in Southern Illinois in the Shawnee National Forest. It's over 130,000 acres of vast wilderness. People go missing and they're never seen again. Yeah. And that's with it. And that's less than, um, you know, uh, 60 miles north to south and less than 200 miles east to west at the furthest points. Wow. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. So what would you tell people, you know, uh, when it comes to spirituality or, you know, dealing with the paranormal um, or even UFOs for that matter or cryptids? Do you have any advice or any uh, words of wisdom that you can give them to get them through the night? Do your research. Learn every bit of information that you can on these things. Watch, read any kind of, you know special that's on television or any kind of book that's written educate yourself don't run off half caught because if you do that you know have plans a a through uh z in place in case something goes wrong because if you don't and you go out there you know you may end up on four, missing 411 yeah you've that's- got to be educated and don't run in willy-nilly because that's what happened with the crenshaw house with me i went in and i was not i was not anointed i didn't anoint any of my team i didn't have it we didn't have a prayer like we do now before we hit the woods at night or any time uh, of day or night 
we have a prayer uh, to ask God to protect us, uh, to go and give us a hedge of protection from his guardian angels, protect us from all evil mm-hmm. that would look to do us harm. Always go and have that, that means of protection. You don't want to go in there and face off with something that's a lot stronger than you. Exactly. And you're not ready and for it. That's in the paranormal. And whenever it comes to, you know, the physical side of things with Bigfoot dog, man, you, I recommend you go in there and you carry a firearm uh, with you because I've had encounters with Bigfoot in the past um, uh, that I've actually been ran out of the woods. I didn't have a shotgun. Yeah. But whenever I had the shotgun and I returned fire, they, you know, they kind of listen to that. They mm-hmm. go and they respect it. Yeah. And, um, it's a means of self-defense because it's not just, you know, Bigfoot dog man out there that can kill you. you know, oh yeah, for sure. In some parts of the country, there's bears, you know, there's brown bear, black bear, Kodiak bear, uh, polar bear. You go, you got all kinds of poisonous snakes, just to name a few here in Southern Illinois. We have the water moccasin. We call them Congos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have copperheads. We have uh, timber rattlers and eastern diamondback. Yeah. That's just naming a few. And all of that, we have mountain lions. We have black bear. We have coyotes. We have wolves. Yeah. All kinds of things that are can overpower a single human. You always want to have some kind of protection, whether it's bear spray or uh, a 20 gauge like I carry whenever yeah. I go in the woods or a 40, 45 Magnum. Yeah. Be careful, be careful with that bear spray because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the blowback from bear spray. And that stuff hurts. It, yeah, it, it's <laughs> wild. Uh, but Amy, do you have anything uh, left for uh, Zach? Um, just thank you for coming on here and sharing all of your experiences. I think just, you know, like the fact that you're from such a small town and you face a lot of skepticism, but you're still willing to go out there and share your story, I think is really admirable. And um, I definitely appreciated hearing um, all of your experiences. So thank you. Well, the trick is with it is having thick skin. You got to have <laughs> yeah. thick skin and just like, like my grandpa says, water off a duck's butt. You got to yeah. let it roll off your back. <laughs> Yeah, good for you. And I think it's safe to say that if I ever go to Harrisburg, um, Illinois, I will definitely be packing a shotgun and bear spray. (laughs) Uh, I really wouldn't say in Harrisburg you need that for Bigfoot or anything more, more, more or less for the local crackheads. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Well, again, Zach, thanks for telling that story and thanks for uh, going, you know, in detail on the, uh, you know, story with the skinwalker because that that was incredible. Um, And I'm glad you, you know, survived that whole ordeal. And uh, but yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. me too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. That is it for our bonus episode of Strange Darkness Radio. Uh, Amy, any last words? Um, no, I had um, I enjoyed tonight hearing about all of this, and I'm um, definitely looking forward to hearing more. And Zach, you stay safe out there. Exactly. Thank you very much. And we're out. Ethel, do you know where you are? My body. You have passed over. You died. Oh. Oh. Everything, everything, my body, it's broken. It's over. What an excellent day for